0: What's up everybody? This is Cortland from NDHackers.com and you're listening to the ND Hackers Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuff online and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these ND hackers to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. So Elon Musk is trying to acquire Twitter, and I think it's a uniquely controversial matter because it sits at the sort of center of multiple unrelated controversies that we're dealing with. So, for example, uh, should social media platforms be centers for free speech or should they be responsible for cleaning up and clarifying misinformation and protecting people from harm and harassment? Uh, how do we deal with income inequality? Should billionaires and people like Elon have as much singular power as they do? Should we even have billionaires in the first place, et Etc. Uh, no matter who you are, I think it's hard not to have an opinion on Elon Musk and the issues surrounding him. And so to debate and discuss this issue, we have two very successful indie hackers here. Uh, none of them should be strangers to you if you're fans of the pod. Justin Jackson, the founder of Transistor, which is my favorite podcast host and what I used to host the indie hackers podcast, is here. And as far as I've been able to tell from Justin's tweets, you're, you're fairly anti-Elon, Justin. I'll let you speak for yourself uh, in just a moment. We also have Sahil Avengia, the founder of Gumroad, who is the opposite. Uh, Gumroad is one of the best ways to sell your products online as a creator. And Sahil, from your tweets, you're fairly pro-Elon. You do a lot of retweeting, a lot of sharing, uh, a lot of supporting. So I don't want to speak for the two of you. We'll have you each give a couple of your thoughts on Elon before we jump into it. Uh, but just a few notes on the format. So I'm here with Channing. Channing's my co-host. We're going to be the moderators, and we will... I suppose just ask questions of both of you, and we'll probably slip in a few challenge questions directed at each one of you, and you'll each just have a few minutes to talk. You can talk back and forth between each other, and we'll just try to keep things fair and equal. How does that sound?
1: Four dudes talking about Elon Musk on a podcast.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> could do go it. wrong? All right, Justin, why don't you go first? What are your thoughts on, on Elon? How do you feel about the guy?
1: So the author Adam Grant has this quote, professionalism is the standard of conduct you uphold. Being a professional is about maintaining personal reliability and social respect. You strive for excellence in your actions and grace in your interactions. And so I really have two main problems with Elon. First, uh, as the CEO of multiple high stakes companies, jet propulsion and space exploration and car manufacturing and tunnels underneath LA, uh, I think just as a CEO, he's needlessly distracted and is also endangering his company, um, his stakeholders, employees, customers. And uh, as a shareholder, I would be concerned about his public behavior, the accusations against him, and the Twitter bed. And then second, I think as a figure who influences tech culture, indie hackers, founders, I just I think his behavior especially in the last few years i just don't think it's a model worth following uh i don't as indie hackers i don't think i think we invoke him far too often anyway he's in an entirely different space than most indie hackers but just as a leader as a model to follow i i don't think he's worth following so those are probably the two main points for me
0: all right not a leader worth following sahil Uh, What are your thoughts on Elon? What brings you here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Elon is one of the most interesting, successful, smart people on planet Earth. I think if you quantify his impact, uh, it's absolutely massive and it's still very, very, very early. And so when I think about who I want to be inspired by, you know, if I care about climate change, you know, I would put him near the top of the list, uh, maybe at the top of the list in terms of someone who who has made a real impact both in 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 personally in the way that he has made an impact but then also as as he has shown others how they can also make an impact i think one of the most compelling things to me about elon is that he does things his own way um he does things the way that he thinks they should be done he's sort of high conscientiousness uh and i think that is you know very valuable in in a society that seems to become more and more centralized um and authoritarian and so i think it's incredibly important that we have people who Who have a voice, who are famous, who are independently and financially rich. We can kind of talk about is he too wealthy or not? But having someone who has that amount of capital, financial, social, and knowledge capital, who can say, hey, you know, establishment, you know, this may not be the right approach. uh, Being able to push the Overton window in that way, I think is is really, really, really important. I would say the other thing, sort of in the indie, indie hacker context, is that, you know, Elon has had a long story. And I actually think his story can be incredibly. Valuable for an indie hacker or an inspiring indie hacker. His first company was called Zip2. It was a basically a SaaS product that they sold to uh, newspapers, local newspapers, uh, and I think I believe in the U.S. and Canada. You know, he took sort of the proceeds from Zip2 and made PayPal, and then he took you know the proceeds from PayPal and made you know invest in Tesla and uh, and founded SpaceX um, and all these other things that he does. And I think that's an you know that's important. He started with software, he transitioned to hardware, he sort of started with things that had almost a zero, you know, zero burn rate, you know, some something that him and his, you know, a couple friends could build in a a, a basement or, or an attic or whatnot, uh, get to profitability, and then, you know, use the proceeds to kind of make bigger and bigger bets that I consider, effectively, philanthropy, Uh, you know, if you define philanthropy as good for humans, which is what the word means, I can't imagine someone who's sort of on a utilitarian
0: basis done more. Um, as an entrepreneur for humanity, as a as a collective. All right, perfect. Let's jump into it with some questions for both of you. Sahil, you can go first, then Justin, and the two of you can sort of talk it out before we move to the next question. So let's let's start broad here and talk about talk about money and power. Uh, is it problematic that Elon Musk has so much power? Uh, do you think that we as a society should be doing anything to limit the ability of people to accrue? you know, billions of dollars and sort of influence the world as they will.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a question of, like, can we, right? Are we able to? And so, for example, in the United States, uh, you can't donate over a certain amount of money, you know, on a personal basis to a politician, right? However, you can donate effectively an unlimited amount of money to a super PAC, which can sort of fund, you know, effectively, you know, ads that are pro that politician and anti-ads that are for people who are against that politician, why? Because we have capitalism. And so money is very, you know, money is sort of information, information is very difficult to censor. And so, you know, you will always have this dynamic. And so my concern is, is you know, should anyone be a billionaire, I think is sort of an arbitrary question, you know, where it's an arbitrary number, um, it has nine zeros, you know, like, it doesn't really mean much, right. But I think the, the important question is, like, how do you build a system? that when people succeed, that success sort of spreads in a way that doesn't centralize power. I think the, the core issue I have with people who say he has too much power is I just don't have a, a good framework for how do you get that power away from him and who do you give it to? I think the big question you always have to ask is, you know, the power is sort of a zero-sum game. And so if you're taking power away from him, who are you giving it to, right? If you're taking away power from NASA, you might be giving it to SpaceX or you might be giving it to Russia to sort of send astronauts to space. Who do you, who, who deserves that that power. Um, I personally think that the government probably has too much power on certain things, and probably should have less. Uh, and so, I find it very difficult for me to see, a, you know, a world in which tech entrepreneurs who have built their wealth by primarily providing products that people are voluntarily choosing to buy, to have less power. I also believe that money is not really power. I mean, I think one great thing about the internet is that ideas can win, uh, not not only you know people with money. I think the best example of this was probably Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Uh, I think both sides were relatively against getting, you know, rid of C- Citizens United, the, the Supreme Court case that allows for all this money to get, you know, kind of into politics. But frankly, the result of that election shows me that money has almost no power to impact elections because Hillary and their side spent over $2 billion or something like that, like an insane amount of money, far more than Donald Trump. And I guarantee you that Hillary's team's far more competent, was able to deploy that capital far better than Donald Trump's team was ever able to. And it didn't matter, right? Why? Because Twitter, because the internet, uh, and frankly, because of free speech. And so I think one, you, we have to, you know, define power. Two, we have to define a system for how we sort of take that power away from th- from that person. And then three, we have to decide who, who deserves that. Who, you know, who would be better placed um, to make those decisions? Maybe a focus example of this would be unions, right? Should should you know Tesla auto workers be able to set up a union and in, in a way to remove power, kind of you know decentralize power away from one person in Elon. Or the executive team, and into to more people. But inherently, what you're doing there is you're creating a union, which is another corporation, which will have its own leaders and 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 revenue. Um, and so it's always a balancing act. I think that's really important. One thing I love that Elon says is that uh, you know effectively the government is a corporation at the limit. It's just a really big corporation, and it has a you know it has a unique ability to kill people, basically, right? It's kind of the unique power of the government that no other uh, sort of it,
1: it has, has other unique abilities too. It can print money. It can it can be democratically elected.
2: It's not just its all ability all, to. I mean, all of those powers come from the core, you know, hard power of being able to to commit violence against people.
1: Sure, I I I don't think the antidote for that is to centralize power in one individual, especially <laughs> someone with a who some people think is like a genius, all knowing, Christ like Tony Stark figure who can encompass mm-hmm. all of the world's wisdom in one person and who pretty obviously does not know everything. I mean, this whole thing with Twitter and his his understanding of how bots work and how statistics work and some fairly fundamental things. It it just seems like he has this ignorance in all sorts of categories. So he certainly has some intelligence, you know, in certain areas, but that doesn't mean he has intelligence in all areas and that doesn't mean he's the best person to Uh, lead the world for sure or solve all of the world's problems or even, um, you know, have as much influence and power as he does. What does he have? 80 million Twitter followers? He's been able to move crypto markets with tweets. He's gotten into the trouble with the SEC because of tweets. And he's also has tons of allegations against him for sexual harassment, racism one, at his factories
2: one, one, one allegation for sexual assault and one allegation for racism not tons. In, just.
1: in well in December 2021 six women sued Tesla for rampant sexual harassment there's been multiple cases
2: that's not him though just one against him just to be clear i'm just trying sure, to
1: sure he's out. he's the ceo so if we're if he's going to rule society as <laughs> as the omnipotent uh, all-knowing tech savior that we're going to put our our uh, trust in I don't think he's proven that he can even run Tesla. He's got uh, multiple problems and he's quite unfocused. You know, if if I had any sexual <laughs> harassment cases against me, I wouldn't tweet that I want to start a new university called Tits.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, the amount of confidence but, you need to know that you're innocent to do that is absolutely
1: crazy. Right. Oh, no, no. Come on. That's just a that's just a, that's an easy out. He he has no like sober judgment. He has no second thought. He's he doesn't have for for a culture that admires stoicism so much. Our infatuation with Elon is so puzzling. You know, the four virtues of stoicism, wisdom, justice, courage and moderation. I think Elon's tweeting is anything but moderated.
2: <laughs> Elon is definitely can... not a stoic and I would say that anyone who is a stoic that you know does not provide a lot of value to the world. I think I think stoicism is a is a recipe to for stagnation and nihilism. Um, okay. okay. Myself, I used to <laughs> consider myself a stoic up until recently cuz I think a lot of what what it says is incredibly valuable but I think in in the context of providing role models for kids uh, I don't think I want to teach my kids to be to be sort of, you know, stoic philosophers. Uh, I think they should build companies first uh, and then they can you know become stoic philosophers after that, if they wish. So okay, if well, I can. What, if what, I about,
1: can... What, what about the value of moderation? Are you OK I'm, with that? One?
2: I, you know, everything in moderation, right, including moderation, I think. I, I agree that Tesla is probably not perfectly run, but, you know, Tesla has 100,000 employees and I drive a Tesla. Uh, I don't own any shares in Tesla currently. Uh, But I do drive a Tesla, and it's phenomenal. So I, I think just if I were to, you know, if I were to do a blind taste test, right, and drive every car, and I had to do this, you know, three, three, you know, or I guess now a year ago, the Tesla was the best car. If I had to make a judgment call on how well Nissan is run compared to Tesla, my guess is that Tesla has run far better um, in terms of their ability to to ship a car, which is you know as a consumer and customer of Tesla. And if I were a shareholder of Tesla, the primary thing I would be basing that decision off of is the quality of the product. Um, and I think the quality of the product is probably a relatively good signal for how well-run the company is. It's also,
3: I believe, sure. profitable.
2: I, I
1: also is- own a Tesla, and I just got it out of the shop. So
3: Okay, one one thing that's really interesting is uh, with respect to the role model question, you both had like different scopes of how you even assessed whether he was a good role model. So what is the role of a role model? On the one hand, Sahil, you're... Your standard was like his output. Look at you know sort of the companies that he's building. Look at like basically the end result of the system that begins with like Elon's personality. And Justin, you brought up professionalism and like the the presentation, and so both of those things are are interesting challenges. So on the one hand, Justin, do you think that there's a role of a role model to uh, build things that are sort of useful? And then on the other hand, Sahil, in the context of Elon actually trying to build a social media company, one of the things that he's presented is that he is going to vote Republican and he believes that Democrats are the quote party of division and hate. So like, you know, sort of the, the other half of the question of, of role models, do you think that there's um, validity to, to having a sort of a, a more complete picture?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately, right, the, you know, the important thing to say is that like no one should base, you know, their decisions on a single human, right? Um I think generally you want to want on, you know, on a single human, you want to look at both sides. I think it's incredibly important. I can talk about lots of issues I have with Elon. Of course I do. I, you know, every, every human, especially at that scale, it has a lot of issues, but I think ultimately, like if I was a parent teaching a kid, which is primarily how I think about a role model, I don't think I've had role models since I was a kid. Um, you know, I think they're sort of Id- idolatry is probably, a you know, an evil more than a than a virtue at this point. And I think the beauty of a lot of what the internet has been able to provide is you have like, you know, thousands of people you can now look up to and piece together your own perfect sort of thing that you want to be, right? You don't have to just be a single rapper, you can kind of assemble a set of of personality traits and things. I think the other thing also to be, you know, to be mindful of is that we can't choose to be like Elon. I think that's also really important is like most people are not you know, don't have his uh, level of intelligence, don't have his level of work ethic, and never will. It's just like physically impossible. And so, most people, I would, I would say, you should not try to be like Elon. You might be able to learn certain things from him and the way that he's acted and how he's found success. Um, but certainly, you should, you should almost definitely not, not copy him.
1: So what's interesting is that I started out like a lot of people admiring Elon, like, cause it's exciting. It's like the first, here's someone who's finally pushing the electric car and here's someone who's finally taking us to space. And it, it was inspirational. And even for my kids, uh, especially my, my now 14 year old who is interested in space and engineering, Elon was like this figure like, oh, maybe I could be like him someday. But as a father, It's now pretty hard to have that conversation, even just alone on the public behavior. So if you're like publicly comparing the Canadian prime minister to Hitler or calling a rescuer in Thailand a pedophile or calling the SEC bastards, it's like already just the public behavior and the lack of restraint is hard for me to say to my kids, well this is a model of who you should be. Like you want to be a leader like Elon. And then you have, you know, the you, you have the actions of also like that seemingly are endangering people. Like sweeping the self-driving accidents under the rug instead of taking it seriously. Like this is a serious allegation and you can't just say, well, you know, the the computers aren't active when these things happen. I, You've, you've got to have a different disposition at the very least. But what worries me is that it, it shows what his underlying values are. It doesn't seem like he actually cares about his customers. His attitude seems like he's just incredibly arrogant and self-obsessed. Like he cares about what he wants. He wants Twitter, so he's going to buy Twitter. He wants, you know, to do this, so he's going to do it. His actions and his words aren't reflecting the values of caring about humanity even though that's what he says he wants, you know, he wants to do.
2: I, I he care about humanity on a macro basis. I don't think he cares about any one human on a micro basis, right? And so I think if you sort of think of his ideal future as, you know, post-climate change, post, you know, sustainable energy, a base on, on Mars that's self-sustaining, mm-hmm. that's how he defines a love of humanity. And that sort of is so valuable that I think getting into fights with people and doing things on a micro basis you know, in order to let off steam or do whatever he's doing so that he can kind of achieve these end goals, I think it just ends up becoming do the ends justify the means. You know, one role model I did have as a kid was Bill Gates, right? And I think, you know, now you could look at him and say, hey, is this person who he said he was, he was on like Jeffrey Epstein's plane and this and that. He also, you know, is responsible for like literally saving the lives of like something like 10s of millions, if not hundreds of millions of children, primarily in Africa from malaria, polio, et cetera, right? Like absolutely amazing achievement. Um, and he might've had sex with a child, right? Uh, and so how do you weigh that? I think the only way you can weigh that is to have a conversation about the complexity of that, right? And, and I don't know what went through Bill Gates' head. I don't know if it happened. I don't know any of these things, but I do think there is a pattern um, that we probably should analyze as a society is this ends justify the means. I see this, the democratic party, I see this I'm sure I on the Republican Party, though I'm less connected to that. Um, but there is this idea that it's okay to do things that are unprofessional, that are unacceptable. You know, we talked a little bit about Elon Musk saying he's going to vote Republican because the the Democrats are sort of the party of hate. I, I mean, truthfully, the reason he's voting Republican is because the Democratic Party is treating him and Tesla terribly, right? And the Cal, the state of California, is treating him terribly. So he's making a very pragmatic, self, sort of rational, self-interest decision to vote for. party that might support him, right? I think that that is not a love of humanity sort of thing. I think that is purely a self-interested sort of CEO of of Tesla sort of thing, right? Um, And I I think that's fine to admit. Um, But I do think that, you know, ultimately, like, these people are imperfect, they get to such scale, and they are are broken humans. I think every human is broken. No one gets to this state without having an insane amount of trauma, family trauma, daddy issues, who knows what. I hope that everyone kind of sees the tweets as just exhaust right just things that aren't that serious they're 140 characters or less um i don't think anyone uh, should should sort of form a, a an image or a vision of somebody and certainly not treat someone like a role model just based off what they tweet uh, and i think that goes for elon bill trump anybody right me you like i'm sure if you judge me purely based on my tweets like i'm sure there are people out there that are like this guy is not great, I would not like him if I met him in person right um, and hopefully sure that but
1: but there are better models and these people do have a lot of influence in some ways you, you've just shown yeah. that with Bill Gates like he he did have a tremendous amount of influence and when the people we admire do horrible things, that should change the narrative. That should be the point where we go we, we hit pause on the admiration and we go maybe, we should find better models, and certainly not. But who not is a better a human? Model? Like
2: who is that? I think
1: idea? I think Yvonne Chouinard, founder of Patagonia. I think Ray Anderson, founder of Interface. I think on the indie hacker scale, Natalie and Chris from Wildbit, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle and Matthias from GeoCodio, Marie Poulin. There's like all sorts of creators, and and many of them are s- smaller. They have less influence and less wealth, and in some ways, I think that's what makes them healthier. And we should be seeking out these kinds of models. Plus, there are tons of engineers in the world doing very good things uh, for space exploration, for uh, solar-powered roofs, and for all, for battery technology who aren't making fun of people on Twitter, who don't have tons of accusations against them, who, who are concerned when the, their self-driving technology uh, causes a bunch of accidents. These There are better models and it's a spectrum, obviously. You know, lots of people, lots of comedians admired Bill Cosby for a long time. But when the Bill Bill Cosby was shown to be a rapist, uh, that changed the narrative. And for me, Elon's public behavior is already there. You can already see it in the way he's acting publicly and i think there's something concerning about that
0: what what role does the media play in all of this because there is in a sense and maybe this is a challenge question for you justin i understand your point that you know we can choose better role models but like but can we can we decide you know, this person's values are good they should be on the front page of the new york times every day and to some degree there's a physics of attention grabbing where if you don't stand out and you aren't willing to be this sort of larger than life unique person you won't necessarily get the platform to influence people. And so you might be a wholesome, upstanding individual, and I'm sure there are many dozens who lead companies, and yet they don't actually end up influencing nearly as many people because they aren't able really to get that platform and to get that attention. So I guess what's, what role does the media play, and like how do you factor in the fact that like perhaps you have to be a little bit different and a little bit edgy in order to influence lots of people?
1: I don't really know, but it feels the question worth exploring there is how much amplification and magnification of influence is healthy. Like, perhaps the New York Times has too much influence and amplification of their message. That's possible. It feels worth exploring, and this might not be the answer, but maybe, um, and I don't know if you can put the cat back in the bag, but... Maybe there's just too many individuals and too many institutions that have an outsized influence in our culture, because it, it it's a lot easier to make these to make good choices. It feels on a smaller scale, like a local role model. It seems like you you at least have a chance of associating with better people. You know, Sam Harris says like. Sam Harris doesn't believe in free will, but he's like, we do have this opportunity to fill our minds with better books, better people, better influences. And if that's true, then the things that influence us do matter. The people on Twitter, the people we idolize, the things we read. And my, my thought is maybe, I don't really know, but maybe the scale we are at an an inhumane scale. Like, humans have not evolved for this much influence. You know, a single person shouldn't have 80 million followers. And maybe that's where the danger comes
0: in. Does that make us us complicit? I mean, because, like, we have chosen, even though we're a much smaller scale show, to talk about Elon, to right, debate Elon, <laughs> we could be talking about anything. And I mean, it, I suppose could be it amplifying depends on a different how,
1: figure. I mean, I suppose it depends on how meta you want to get. I, I think this is is the kind of conversation we want to have because indie hackers in the grand scale of things is a small community and you know we on this call are all peers even you know I don't know who has the most twitter followers or influence but the scale of influence is within the relative sphere right but the scale of influence and wealth that Elon in particular has and maybe this is a comment on all billionaires it's just way higher. It's just it's it's much much higher. I do also. I'm I'm an optimist in the sense that, uh, and I still believe in old institutions like government and universities and the press, and I think there is an ability for individual voters to make a difference. Like the EU has already implemented privacy legislation. That's not perfect, but that big tech companies had to conform with uh, with GDPR. So. It's possible for democratically uh, elected governments to change things. And if anybody, tell, that if I was Elon, I'd be scared, actually. It's not going to come from the U.S. It's going to come from the EU. They've already proven they can enact legislation. And by the way, they've got new free speech legislation on the books right now that would have a substantial influence on how Twitter is run. Um, they're the ones that are going to perhaps make... Uh, a big difference and if I was Elon for all sorts of reasons that's who I would be most scared of is the EU not necessarily the US politicians
2: I mean at the end of the day you're you're effectively balancing the will of the people versus the will of one person and there are many ways to do this um, I think capitalism and voting with your dollars is one way to do this and clearly that model is leading to these winners take all people worth 200 plus billion dollars I think the way that people are choosing to vote you know absent democracy just free markets is is clearly going more and more towards this world and this just isn't just for elon this is also the new york times right is not really the new york times anymore right it's the world times um it started mm-hmm. out as a monopoly on a specific sort of place and has kind of grown and become the the winner of this this market in a sense and you know maybe the yeah of the Washington but, Post. But, uh,
1: let's talk about the free market stuff because that 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 one is funny to me because it wasn't just people voting with their dollars. It was the government giving electric car manufacturers massive subsidies. The California government, I think, has given billions of dollars uh, specifically to Tesla in in the form of subsidies. And then Elon's other work with with SpaceX and other things is also has government links. So the government is actually a key part of this. You don't Very- have Tesla. You don't have Tesla without without. Those subsidies. It's ironic to me that California has given Tesla so many subsidies and he wants and he complains about taxes and he wants to move to Texas. Who paid for the subsidies? It was governments that paid for those, those subsidies. And we've already seen that demand for electric cars goes down when the subsidies go away. The subsidies are an incredible motivator. I got a subsidy here in British Columbia when I bought my Tesla and i it was a big motivator it was thousands and thousands of dollars uh, off the purchase price of a car so it's not free market in the in the sense that you know it's my dollars that are making the difference it's also who the government is deciding well, to give right. subsidies to
2: you're right you're right especially in the in the formation of these new technologies in which you need effectively the governments to effectively front load to effectively loan the you know the money from taxpayers and and, and the justification is like this will be worth it eventually um you know the federal loan uh to Tesla was paid back you know early with interest um currently there are the at least the federal EV uh program in the US is you get $7500 if you uh tax credit if you buy an electric vehicle um however this only applies if the electric vehicle manufacturer has sold over uh under 200,000 cars and so actually the only electric vehicle company that this $7500 tax credit does not apply to is Tesla so actually in, in today's world, if you if, if you took the electric vehicle market, at least in the United States, and removed all subsidies from it completely, it would basically destroy all the competition of Tesla. And, and Tesla, it would be massively beneficial for Tesla. Of course, today is a different picture than maybe 10, 15 years ago when, when the dynamics were were very different. And you're certainly right. Like Tesla would not exist today without some government help. I think governments, I'm not anti-government. I think governments play in a super, super, super essential role. Um, And I I don't think we should get rid of governments, (laughs) nor nor can we. Um, But I do think like I bias towards uh, figuring out how do we make the government a wealth distributor and a sort of facilitator of, hey, you can go build this, here's some money to go do that, and, and not the company that's actually hiring people and doing the work themselves. I think that's a lot of where the danger comes from is because then you allow for decentralization, which allows for lobbying and all of these other things. I am generally against most subsidies, though I do understand that, you know, if you want certain new technologies, wind, solar, you know, things like this to to happen um, faster than they would otherwise, um, because I do think free markets would eventually make them happen. It would just not be nearly as pretty of a path. I I do think governments play a super essential role. However, I do think, for example, the SEC saying, if you're a public company CEO, you have to tweet like this um, might go a little bit too far. The SEC is also uh, unelected, right? Okay, let's... So let's go
3: back to the to the Twitter question. And like the one of the questions at the heart of the issue is that Elon's stated goal in this acquisition um, is that he believes that uh, Twitter should be a public platform. That's like a sort of a free speech zone and that we should have sort of minimal interference, minimal sort of, you know, uh, people at Twitter centering and and toggling the weights on what rises and what sinks and who goes away. Um, Do you think Mm -hmm. that this is a, a good goal and do you think that Elon is the person that should be in charge of it?
1: Well, free speech as defined by whom?
3: Right. I mean, I think that his claim is that it's, you know, hey, we already have free speech codes and we're just going to be abiding by that. So to take his word for it, that's who, right? Like, the, say, the American government. Well, so if you're
1: going to so take the legal definition, country. Twitter has already been within free speech guidelines as set out by U.S. legislation. Um, By by the way, Canada, free speech legislation different than the U.S. in some notable ways and also in the EU and also in Africa and also everywhere else. So if the, the idea about free speech is that people say it is both a it is both a cultural value and a legal construct, but it's not a universal cultural value. It is highly dependent on what region you're in and also highly dependent on who you are as an individual so I guess the question would be: Do we do we want Elon, if he's saying I'm gonna I'm gonna make Twitter a better platform for free speech? What does that mean? If all he's saying is I'm gonna moderate Twitter the way I want it to be moderated, uh, maybe just lose the free speech uh, label because what level are we talking about as defined by whom? As defined by whose cultural values or whose legislation? To me it just felt like ridiculous rhetoric. It's just a way to pump up his 80 million followers and it's like, yeah, Elon's going to, you know, get him. And then it's like, and what exactly is he going to do? So far he seems completely oblivious as to how to run a social network, what's involved in spam detection, how like these incredibly basic principles uh, work that you even at at Indie Hackers have said uh, I think you guys were talking to Vince about this like if if you've ever dealt with spam and we could only judge him by the things he says and does you know that's a counterfactual we can't just imagine what we think he's his ultimate uh, purposes we can't this is why that three dimensional chess thing like oh he's just playing three dimensional chess he's going in and out of different vectors pulling on strings it's like well Even if that were true, how would we evaluate that? And the free speech thing is just on its face ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think one example of this would be so, you know, the United States has codified free speech. There's a lot of, you know, court precedent um, around what this means. For example, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp case is a good example of defamation not being bound by free speech principles, right? so that, that, I think that's great because it educates people broadly on like free speech is not sort of an absolute sort of thing. There are, there's a lot of nuance here. I think what Elon is, is saying, um, and I think the Peter Thiel quote where he, he said, talks about Donald Trump and he says you shouldn't take him literally, but you should take him seriously, um, I think is how you should take Elon, which is Elon is an incredibly smart person. He's surrounded by incredibly smart people. He has an unlimited amount of money so he can hire the best lawyers, the best engineers, the best folks basically in the world. And so you know you have to kind of give him some some I think some slack when he you know when he tweets something like you know we can just call every tenth person if you talk to a lot of statisticians they'll say like that is actually how we do stuff like that's actually not insane the way that I think about free speech and I, what you,
1: I, what- I'd be interested on your sources on that because everything I've read from from people who who do this kind of spam detection says <laughs> that the model he suggested not is spam detection. You can't
2: do it at scale but on a one-off basis you can take a list of people call them and figure out if they're human and then use that statistically to scale how many people bots are bots on Twitter.
1: Not with and the sample it- that not with the sample he was suggesting.
2: And uh, I mean I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about this the goal. I, let me just finish with an example of how you know, free speech may look a little bit different on Twitter, or at least how Twitter will look, right? Because you're right, free speech is is sort of outside of the scope, I think, of Twitter. Um, But for example, Twitter has a brand safety team, right? So this brand safety team basically talks to advertisers and says, hey, what do you, you know, what content do you not want to be next to, right? Um, And Nike or Pepsi or whatever can say, hey, we don't really want to be next to these kinds of ads. Um, And and every, you know, television network has this, right? This is why you, you don't see anyone drinking alcohol on TV, like Try Fine, it doesn't exist right? Um, And what Elon is saying is, hey, this is an example of a a rule that we have that is not because the US government says that we need this rule, but because Pepsi or because Nike is saying that we need this rule. Uh, And in my world, we will effectively delete this team and effectively reference point to whatever the US government wants us to do, or whatever the UK government wants us to do if the user happens to be in this, right? Of course, there's a lot of stuff to figure out. It's a very complicated thing. I don't think anyone thinks it's an easy thing. I don't think Elon has any uh, you know, illusion around how difficult this problem is. I think he purposely wants to make it controversial and seem like he wants to create the debate because it keeps him in, in the zeitgeist, which I think is very important. But why? To...
1: why? Why is it important for him to be in the zeitgeist? If your primarily, primary partners in SpaceX is the U.S. government, NASA, if one of your biggest subsidies historically has come from governments, why would you be shit-talking in public like this and, and if you were the CEO of a publicly traded company with a duty to shareholders and everything else, and they're concerned, it's, this isn't just me. There's masses of shareholders that are like, Elon, you're, you're already in some of the most difficult industries in the world. Car manufacturing, space exploration. Why on earth would you distract yourself with this? Why? Why do it? It seems so unwise.
2: It seems so important to me. I think I think Twitter being a place in which people can express ideas freely um, is incredibly important. I grew up in Singapore, which does not have free speech. And Twitter was like my sacred space. It was like the thing that I checked every morning. I think people who live in maybe the West, like, think that they can just go around and say whatever they want on the internet. And it's not that bad. Um, but it is pretty bad in a lot of the world. And I think one of the most amazing exports that the, that the U.S. has is basically free speech. We force it on other places and other countries and other Governments that may not want that um, and I think that's an amazing thing that we should do more of we should make it harder for places like China and Russia um, I think that 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 is a great thing And I, I think that ultimately when you have a brand safety team It is going to be full of bias right because brands are going to have people who work at these companies that are going to be more Generally living on the coasts for example, right? And so they're probably going to be less gun friendly than the average american for example right um and so there, there there are clear rules that i i think that that would change under elon so i think it's very easy to say this would be different for example misgendering someone is, is a is a suspendable offense on twitter i don't think it would be a suspendable offense uh under elon Musk's Twitter. you can very much have an argument like is that a good or a bad thing and i think many many rational-minded people would say it's actually we should ban pe- suspend people for harassing people on twitter in this way um i would like to think ideally a way to, to get those people off Twitter like so that no one should ever see their tweets anyways they can talk to a wall if they want to um, but I think that is an example of like a, an Elon Musk Twitter uh, being very very different the Babylon B is currently you know suspended from Twitter uh, because they have an article that I believe misgenders somebody that works for the federal government um, and and so that's a very do, real you, do you want of-
1: the person in charge of that moderation? to be someone who has so little self-restraint he can't stop himself from calling somebody a pedophile publicly. Well, it's
2: not it's not that he has control what he's saying is I'm deferring to the US government. So if you want this if you want look, if you want misgendering to be a a felony or whatever, a misdemeanor, let's go make that change. Like if we believe it, if you know, if we as as a, a society believes this, we have a system in which we can make this change. We can make it expensive to to do this thing. Uh, which is how we control behavior generally is we we you know make it cost something to to do that behavior. And then cool. I just, don't think, I mean, I just awesome. don't
1: think you want the person in charge of all that. He just he can do whatever he wants. He flies wherever he wants. he he can buy whatever he wants. He can manipulate his finances however he wants. He takes hundred, hundreds how of millions of kidding? dollars of loans
2: how are you from, manipulating finances? I mean, what is that?
1: he He takes hundreds of millions of dollars of loans. To pay for his lifestyle using Tesla stock, but How you and it, I can't it? do. Well, Very you and much. I, you and I right. can't do that, and you and I pay taxes. Hopefully, on our income.
2: Well, we could do it if we had public equities that were held with a bank that would give us. Sure, money.
1: But sure, sure, sure. But we I think when you're when you're dealing with a public platform with people who are not in the zero point zero 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 one percent of humanity, but just normal people who have a normal job and a normal house and everything else, I think you would want. People who understand real life, I, I think you wouldn't want the most privileged man on earth to be to be the arbiter of what is safe and what is not safe. But uh, the most to the U.S.
2: Th- government, which is elected by those people, right? Real people get to choose like who those who those people ultimately.
0: End
1: yeah, up. and I and if Elon really cared about free speech, then he would be petitioning the government to change its legislation using How? his influence using I mean, his we, influence his, his what, what 80 million
2: improvement on his free speech basis i mean let's make the change what change do you want should we make well, it a legal
1: i actually i actually think it's working pretty good overall
2: so that, then we should that, use it for, for twitter's rules why have the twitter tos why not just point to us gov.tos or whatever
1: right sure but but
2: this. but i'm
1: not the one motivated to buy it because i think free uh, twitter needs more free speech if he thinks that there's this fundamental problem in society, which he does. This isn't just about Twitter. He's saying, I want to, I'm buying this. It's right in the SEC filing. I'm buying this because I think our society has a free speech problem.
2: We do. I believe that. If, if,
1: well, yeah. if well, if your society has a free speech problem and you can move and you can get people to buy Dogecoin just by sending out a tweet, then I'm I'm pretty sure you probably have some influence on who people vote for too. And I would use that influence in that way. It's I just,
2: just think you do. I mean, the thing is, like, it, it's it's similar with, like, Joe Rogan, where people like to think that he has a lot of influence. But the first time he says something stupid, everyone's like, he's an idiot. I followed him on all these other points, but I don't like, for example, Donald Trump can't change the mind of his base. Like, his, his well, base. Well,
1: except, except he incited a riot on your Capitol through the things he said.
2: Well, well I, if
1: you're saying publicly that you don't think he did, I think I would disagree with you. It, it, I it seems pretty. To do it's, that
2: regardless of what he wanted or would have wanted. I mean, I don't think yeah. he tweeted on that day. Right. So I don't know how you consider that incitement. I think months that-
1: of tweeting that the election was stolen when there was zero evidence that it was uh, is, is sufficient evidence. I, and maybe we okay, disagree well, on this. It, there's, but there's I, a, I think that's a that people, factor here. I, if I, I think it, the things that people say matter.
0: There's there's a related attribute here, which is I think the, the way the world is changing is that the internet has made everything more personal. In some sense, like that's what this show is about. So you see it at a large scale where people like Trump and Elon obviously can sort of circumvent the media and go straight to their audiences. And whether they can change people's minds or not is a matter of debate. But you also see it at a small scale, right, where indie hackers and founder and personality-driven companies are able to upend bigger, more faceless corporations who are in some sense just um, so more traditionally beholden to this idea of professionalism and in sort of, you know, uh, ascribing to what society thinks you should look like. Do you think this is a force for good? Because I think some of what we're seeing is inevitably going to result from, like, the interconnectedness of people on the internet. Like, is this, is this worth the cost? Because I'm not sure we can put the lid on somebody like Elon or some future Elons or Trumps popping up. So what do we do I mean, about this as a society?
1: In some ways, this is why I want to talk about it. Because um, I, I like... All of you on this call, I like you, I respect you, and ethics matter. Values matter. Now, while we're determining what those are going to be, there might be some discussion, but the the things we influence people to do matter. So there are people who, with a tweet, can raise a whole crowdfunding round. That is influence, and we should take that influence seriously. Uh, there are people with a single tweet who can get people to buy a coin that, may be an outsized risk for their audience. And I, I think you can teach and encourage people to have sober second thought, to write out a tweet and say, ah, should I tweet this? Should I clarify any of this? When I'm telling people to buy this coin or do this thing, should, should I put any disclaimers on that? Should I, should I sharpen this in any way? And what I'm seeing from Elon is none of that filter. And I think that's disturbing because we know that he does have influence. And in the same way that each of us, we do have influence as well. That's marketing. Marketing is influencing people to buy your product. That responsibility we need to take seriously, which is why I think better models would be Yvonne Chminard and Ray Anderson from Interface, who took their responsibility as CEO and said, my influence matters. And I mean, Ray Anderson made carpets. And he's saying, in my carpet manufacturing, my influence with suppliers, with customers, et cetera, matters, and I'm going to take it seriously. I think we need more of that in the tech culture, less bravado, more second, sober second thought, and more sensitivity, honestly. I, I think a lot of people like Elon because he just says what he, you know, he's like this loose cannon. But I, I don't think that's what we necessarily want to model. Part of this is, you know, I, I've seen how influencers in tech, leaders and idols that I had influenced me. You know, when I was reading 37 Signals all day, a lot of my blog posts and tweets started to sound like 37 Signals. And uh, some of this is also my experience with kind of cult-like religion and how it influenced me to behave and think. And I think I just have this visceral reaction when a figure like Elon comes around, because it just feels like I've seen this before. and it feels um, there's something about that kind of influence that's not right.
2: Yeah, I know, I think those are really good points. And I think anytime that you, believe something or you know do something it's important to say well why do i believe this you know why did i say it why did i start this company you know where where mm-hmm. are they coming from because they're coming if they're not coming from elon they're coming from your parents they're coming from your teachers they're coming from the government they're coming from the media that you consume they're coming from creators that you follow this is happening tell us all the yeah. time we're constantly getting signals so i think the first thing is yeah we should constantly be doing this and anytime someone is is saying something to you, you have to understand that they are benefiting from that, right? Uh, Elon, anytime he tweets, is benefiting from that. You may, you know, you may say that's fine and good because that means Tesla has a higher chance of success, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I do think that's true. Elon is true for the opposite, right? Whoever would be on the other side, um, like I could say that, you know, it, it's impossible to sell, sell carpets unless you virtue signal about all this other crap that you do for your your employees. Otherwise, no one's going to give a shit. I don't believe that, but I'm saying that I think you can kind of make a claim like that. Elon might say, hey, we actually don't need to do any of that, so I can actually be who I am, which is how we all are, which are all, we're all assholes. Um, it's just, I can now be this because I don't, I'm, I'm... I don't so know if that's to... true,
1: though. I don't think sure, everybody's just, an I asshole. I don't think it's
2: true. I'm just sort of, I'm just positing that, like, there
0: are ways... Well, so to somebody. Like, I mean, there are probably, like, religious people, Justin, who would take enormous issue with, like, your characterizations of some of your past experiences, etc. Uh, so it really depends on, like, whose point of yeah, view it example, is... Yeah, for example, like, there are. Know, you uh,
2: know, Joel Epstein, right, or Joel uh, Osteen or the guy who does, like, the big, you know, churches and in, in Houston mm-hmm. and everyone's like, oh, it's like he's manipulating all these people. But if you actually – and I, I have actually, like, talked to someone who follows him and it's like I chose to buy his book. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like what does Obama do? What does Hillary do? What does every politician do? It's like they, they use their influence to sell a product and then they sell that product. And the other side says, hey, they're scamming all their their followers, the blah, 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 this and that. And then you actually talk to their followers and they're like, yeah, no, sh- yeah, I just bought the book. and It's a good book. I don't know. Like, you know, like, I so mean, you, awesome. you haven't, you, you haven't,
1: you haven't talked to all of the followers yet, but you, you have a sample Correct. size of, of one think, right now. You know, and
2: I do worry that there is this issue of high IQ people manipulating low IQ people. I think that is an issue in society that we need to deal with. Um, That's certainly well, happens. Well,
1: and there's a, there's a, there's a tension here and it is, it is tricky, but this is life of being in between two tensions of On the one hand, I want more people to use Transistor, and I want to influence them to become customers. On the other hand, I've got to to balance that the best I can, hopefully according to a set of values, to say, well, I want to influence them, but I'm going to try to do it in a way uh, that's ethical, in a way that doesn't manipulate people uh, uh, needlessly. In a way yeah. that has hard conversations.
2: I mean, I can you know? I can give you a very real example of like like putting me in this place um, where I manipulated you know hundreds of thousands of people on on Twitter. Um, Elon Musk tweeted about you know population collapse being a real big issue, uh, maybe mm-hmm. the biggest issue you know post climate change, uh, and I replied saying you know and he says why basically why aren't more people having kids right what what is going on there's a bunch mm-hmm. of reasons uh, for that I don't think it's one simple thing. Um, but I replied saying, you know, we need to make having kids easier, cheaper, you know, faster, safer, all these sorts of things. And then I give mm-hmm. an example, synthetic wombs, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. And that caused this massive storm on Twitter for like a day, at least within our sort of sphere of, you know, crypto, Elon, whatever that sphere is, uh, yeah. Twitter. Um, and, and you know, people are like, well, childcare and this, and there's all these issues and this, and like, you can't, like synthetic wombs, not going to happen for a bunch of years. If it happens, it's ethical, this and that. And I'm like, look, I'm not... I'm just giving an example. One, I could have picked a different technology. I probably picked the craziest, most dystopian sort of technology you could ever think of. And I literally, I didn't think about it that much. But I thought about it enough when I tweeted it to say, how do I say something that gets people to pay attention? Because Mm -hmm. I really believe this is an important issue. I believe this is the most important issue that we face as humanity. And I will take the heat of 2000 dunks in order to make this thing... Uh, I didn't expect the 2000 dunks. Like maybe I would, I, you know, I, I, again, you can't always choose. Sometimes I think I'm tweeting something incendiary and no one cares. Right. Um, yeah. and so it goes both ways, but I look at that and I'm like, I could have tweeted something better. And if there was a Twitter edit button, I might go back and add some context, but it never mm-hmm. would have been viral if I said something much more demeaning. And I know this because you can go through the thousands of replies and there are all these people suggesting this and that and this, and no one cares. And so you also have to say, how do I make this the current thing? How do I, if I really believe in this, like, can I make it a thing? And sometimes that requires this sort of, I wouldn't call it a self-sacrifice or anything like that. Clearly I benefit in, in many other ways, but sometimes you have to get to the New York Times front page. And the only way you can do that is by saying somebody is a pedophile. Right.
3: Mm. Um, that's well, a terrible well, I, I don't <laughs> think, I don't, I think that's a, but uh, that's, but, that's clearly but, a bad example. Let's, let's just call really that weird. out.
1: But.
0: I don't want to be too cynical here though, but what I'm getting at with this question is, is aren't we inevitably moving toward a world where Justin, even if we want people to be better role models, the way the system works, the way social media works, the way our incentives are set up is such that there's a lot of reason for people not to be that. You know, essentially, like, you know, 50, 60 years ago, okay, the media was controlled by a very small number of people, and they could act as sort of a filter and impose their morals and their advertisers' advertisers' mm-hmm. moral beliefs on the world. And whether you agree with that or not, there was some sort of standard for professionalism, whereas today it's a little bit more like mob rule. And if the people find somebody entertaining, whether or not they ascribe to a system of values – means less. How do we deal with that? I mean, it's one thing to wish well. And Sahil, I'm curious mm-hmm. like, about your opinion, too. It's one thing to wish well for the world and wish for people to set good examples. But like, if the ecology of the internet doesn't necessarily allow for that, what do we do?
1: This would be a great, uh, interesting customer interview case study uh, to go out and ask people, how did they change their mind about things? And for me, one of the foundational uh, experiences of my life was taking this business ethics class at University of Lethbridge in my, you know, my business management uh, degree, and the things that he brought up and the challenges that he gave us as a class, uh, he didn't tell us how to think. Uh, sorry, he didn't tell us what to think, but he he said here's how you should engage with these types of issues, and I think part of the reason we're seeing this right now is because we do actually need human beings at this scale. We do need strong institutions. And so at one point in my life, I was like, ah, college is a waste of time. I don't know if my kids should go. And now I'm in my 40s and I've changed my mind because I keep coming back to that business ethics class and how many things he challenged me on that come back uh, over and over again and have taught me I think to think about things in a certain way. So I think institutions is one of them. The the benefit of the indie kind of movement is that what I'm hoping is that wealth and influence and everything else becomes more distributed. That it's not just a few white guys with billions of dollars, but that it's, you know, many many millions of people who are making a good living and now have time, <laughs> the reason I'm even here is because I've made enough money that I can afford to be here. <laughs> I got the time to engage with these issues and to think about them and to read all of the newspapers and to read the blog posts and to listen. And you know that privilege distributed amongst more people can lead to some better outcomes. So the more people who have that freedom and that flexibility and that margin in their life has the potential to change the culture. But I don't think we're going to do it if we continue to erode institutions. I don't think we're going to get it through anarchy.
2: Yeah, I mean, one idea I would add is is just a level of transparency. And so when people do things or when power does get centralized, that you can at least see it and have a conversation about it. Uh, for example, one one issue I have is that I don't think uh, people in Congress should should be able to trade stocks. Like, I think that's kind of weird. Um, if you look at the returns, like it's not statistically possible uh, that they are not, they're not corrupted, it's just they are, but, but you can't really solve the problem in, in a very simple way because you can make it illegal for them to trade stocks, but then, by the way, all of their friends and family do it, right? So you're not really solving the problem. Again, this is why I think it's so hard sometimes to, to really solve it. My answer is transparency. Obviously, there's a lot of heat around Web3 right now and crypto, but i do think one thing we can take from 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 crypto is figure out how do we put more of this stuff on chain right we ask this of people when they run for president ideally they you know they kind of publish their tax returns i know trump and biden did but generally i'm a fan of putting that stuff in a place where people can see it this is why i'm also a fan of of elon's you know sort of supposed attempt to potentially open source twitter as a code base i wanted to do this for gumroad Um, And certainly we can say, hey, anytime there's an action taken by a human on any moderation or whatever, you can at least have an audit trail that's viewable. Pinterest, for example, publishes a report every year. Uh, GitHub does the same thing. There's ways to kind of do more and more of this. But I think when you can't agree, right, when you can't say, oh, we need more or less power or more or less centralization, I hope that at least one agreement is like, well, in any case, there should be transparency so we can at least know. For example, like, we don't know, like, what household wealth looks like in America. We like to guess. Right, we like to say forty percent of people can't make their next check or you know rent or whatever. We have no clue. Like we're all just kind of guessing, calling people, like putting together you know statistical samples because there is no SQL query you can run for this stuff. Um, my guess is one day there may be, and that will make it easier to have some of these conversations. Right, even the fact that you know Elon is worth X, but you know that's all Tesla stock, and he can't really take it out. This system. it's all like how many people put money into Tesla, right? For example, 37 signals has that article where they raised a $1 dollar at a hundred, you know, billion billion dollar valuation or something like that. Right. They're there all of these sorts of questions that I think we just don't have enough insight and we don't have that data. I do agree with you, uh, Corlin, that this is inevitable. Like, you know, if Elon gets out of the Twitter deal, Twitter stock price is going to crash. And there are many, many, many humans on planet earth that can afford to buy Twitter, right? He is not the only one. Uh, Certainly, he's currently the only one that, that was interested at that price, but who knows? And so I think it's kind of an inevitability um, that something happens to Twitter, and we just have to sort of build a, a, a system that allows for that. Naval has a great quote where he says, you know, you should build a system that you can kind of give the keys to your worst enemy, right? I think that's a relatively good way of thinking about our institutions, at least. Like, there should be, they should be resilient to, to bad actors, Um but they should exist, right? I don't think uh, we should get rid of our institutions. I, I don't want to live in an anarchist society, but in any society in which we live, I do think that transparency seems like a good idea. If you run for office, if you're in the government, um, if you're lobbying, you know, if, if you're hiring people over a certain amount, what, whatever the rules happen to be, I do think that we could at least benefit from quite a little, a lot of transparency. And this, I think if Elon doesn't buy Twitter, I think Twitter should still do a lot of these things. I think Twitter is a unique platform it is the only place in which like a politician by default you know it becomes their their sort of uh, public square um it could be int- like functionally it could be many other places but twitter seems to have become that and i think you know currently twitter is kind of you know controlled in part by the us government and part by the sec because it's a publicly traded company um, and i do think it's good to somehow figure out if twitter should be a world utility then the EU should be excited about the fact that maybe the SEC doesn't get to control it anymore. Maybe there's a way to kind of move beyond that. I don't know what that actually looks like, and I certainly don't think Elon, one human being, should have control of Twitter over a long period of time. But if that, you know, if he ends up becoming the choke point, the bottleneck that it needs to be uh, for for it to blossom, just like Tolkien was, you know, the bottleneck for fantasy to, to blossom. Um, and that's just what it takes. I, I would like to think that that's an acceptable sort of risk and, and hopefully the process is incredibly transparent and there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people who work at Twitter that will whistleblow um, and should if they think uh, anything is going wrong, just like Coinbase had an incident earlier this week. And I think that's another nice thing is that a lot of these people can go to The New York Times and can go leak these stories. And so there are sort of other balancing forces here, I think, that we, we don't want to mm-hmm. talk
1: about. I, Certainly, uh, in terms of transparency, I'd, I'd love to see the richest man in the world who has contracts with NASA and the uh, U.S. government uh, reveal how, how does he pay for things? How many loans has he taken out? How much Agreed. crypto does he hold? Uh, how much crypto has he sold? Uh, what is the relationship between him tweeting and his buying and selling activity on crypto? Uh, there's there's lots agree. of opportunity for uh, transparency from him, especially if he wants to earn Justin Jackson's trust, but he might not care.
2: You mentioned the crowdfunding, uh, you know, being able to raise a crowdfunding round off a tweet. And like to do that, I had to go through a very laborious multi-month process with a third party audit. I have this like 90 page document. It goes through all our financials. Like this is what you have to do if you're gonna go to the public and say, hey, I'm raising money for my company. Why? Because if I didn't have to do that, it would be much easier for me to just make up numbers, right? Which is what a lot of people in crypto do, did, mm-hmm. do because they don't have to follow any of these regulations or they think they don't or whatnot. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and I totally agree with you that I think, you know, the new bipartisan bill, um, needs to happen because I do think we need a lot more uh, of a framework uh, of a way to think. I mean, just like we can say, Hey, there is some jurisprudence around free speech because there's been a couple hundred years worth of these back and forth conversations. I wish we had that ability around these other things. We just don't right now. Right. Currently I can go on Twitter and I can say some crazy thing, uh, and then some stock price can go up or someone can get killed and like there's no, there's just no system uh, for Mm -hmm. for what happens in this case. Um, Yeah,
1: there should be way more accountability for people with influence for sure.
2: There should be a lot more accountability. There should be a real framework uh, and you should kind of know what you're getting into. I think that's kind of the other thing is like you should know the risks that you're taking. Currently, you don't, right? Like, I don't like wearing a suit, so I, I don't want to go all the way back into like you know, mandating that public company CEOs should wear suits. Like, obviously, no one sh- thinks we should do that. Should there be some rules, probably, uh, and certainly around corruption? And like, so you know, but but I do think there should be standards. Those standards should be public, and generally standards that you know require or mandate more transparency. I would find it hard to be to be against. You know, for example, I think Sweden or Switzerland, one of these European countries, I think you can literally look up anyone in anyone's salary. Any citizen salary, not just people who work for the, like anybody just say, how much do they make? And you just know, I, you know, Gumroad, everyone knows everyone else's uh, salaries. It's great. If I was, you know, could wave a wand and say, hey, can we run an experiment in which everybody in the city of California's, you know, tax returns are going to be public? Would that ever happen? No, but like, would that be good? I guarantee you, behavior would improve. <laughs> sure. And <laughs> right. let's
1: start with billionaires. Let's start with the pointy edge of the sword.
2: <laughs> For sure. I mean, start with public company CEOs. You know, I think there's an easy... They've chosen to be public company CEOs. Uh, yep. And so they've made that decision. And I think that's totally reasonable to say that directors of public companies have to, you know, get they submit their tax returns or public... I, I think that's a great, great path forward, but only happens when you have outlandish behavior that triggers these moments because the government is so slow um, that they only really get up uh, off their seats when there is, you know, when there are these kind of crazy, uh, crazy things that balloon to a level in which they're like, oh, fine, we have to actually deal with this.
0: Let's wrap up here. We'll try a quick experiment. Everybody give sort of your one sentence uh, takeaway you would like the audience to have from this conversation, some of the broader topics around it. I know it's hard to stick to one sentence, but let's do that and then we'll wrap up. So uh, Justin, you want to start?
1: I think I said it before, I'd like us to look more into institutions, like investing in our institutions like universities, like business ethics classes, etc. I like the idea of transparency. I'd say start with billionaires, including all their crypto assets. And for all of this opportunity to be more distributed, I think that's a great way for us to have a better society.
0: Sahel?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately my, my takeaway is that people are incredibly complicated people and we have to give them that credit, that they're all humans. Um, yeah. It's just important to acknowledge that you know th- these are all people with problems that have massive megaphones and no one really knows how to use them yet. Um, ultimately, what makes a lot of these conversations so difficult is that we're debating things that have not happened yet, right? Like Elon buying Twitter and and doing... So we're all speculating based on our priors. And I think just acknowledging that we're all kind of, you know, playing a guessing game, you know, it's, it's more of like a, you know, hanging out with your friend at a bar
3: and, and, you know, not being under oath.
0: Channing, what are your thoughts?
3: Before we did this, I read about this neuroscientist, this really controversial neuroscientist in like the 1970s, who did early human experimentation when the ethics around that weren't really set up. And one of the things that he did was he allowed like 100 people to hook up electrodes to their brain and stimulate the emotions that they just enjoyed the most. And you would expect that to have been pleasure or something like that and instead it was anger. It was like low-grade anger. That's what people liked when they got their own decision to to stimulate the most. That's what I think about Twitter. And so when I think about Elon Musk taking over, um, like I think it's sort of broken in a, in a way that's systemic. Like Justin, you were saying, you know, you, like we want to sort of bridge the gap between the ethics of what we want it to go, where we want it to go versus like the way that media um, encourages it. But I think that in a way it's sort of built into just who we are as humans. So creative destruction who knows what uh direction elon's going to go in but that's the substrate that he has to work with that that's the sample that he has to work with is, is people that like to make themselves angry
0: okay i'll wrap up i w- would encourage people to i think pay attention to something justin said which is the sort of idea of this religious figures in society these movements where we sort of turn off our brains and we jump on a bandwagon one way or the other i mean uh as sahil said we're all complicated people Uh, There's many ways to scan a cat, and if you really jump into an issue, you dissect who someone is and the sort of forces around that, I think it's possible to have a conversation and look at the good and look at the bad and look at how we can do better and where we can improve and get away from some of these more religious conversations where it's all one way or all the other. So I would encourage people to just uh, not try to oversimplify a complicated world and to be willing to discuss issues like this in depth. Justin Seil, thanks a ton for coming on and doing this. I'll have you back sometime soon for another debate uh, can you tell listeners where they can go to find out more about you know, what you're doing online, Transistor, Gumroad, your tweets and your writings?
1: Uh, I write at justinjackson.ca, and I'm on Twitter, the letter M, the letter I, Justin.
0: And I'm
2: on Twitter at uh, SHL, um, where you can find all my writing linked from my personal website. All right. Thanks a lot, guys.